Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1290, air date August 8th. 2023 show i have the high honor of being here today with dr shiva mit phd he is a scientist an inventor a fighter and he's focused on finding solutions to our challenges with the truth freedom health movement how you doing today dr shiva i'm doing good how are you great thank you so excited to speak to you about your system science approach, which is the thinking for finding these solutions that we need more than ever nowadays with these rising challenges that we have. I'll start with independent thinking. The whole purpose of the Rose Show is about encouraging people to think. And exactly as you always say, Dr. Shiva, it's encouraging people on how to think, not what to think. And that's important. Knowledge is key and at the core. We live in an age of rising groupthink, echo chambers, filter bubbles, and we're always told what to think when we need to just think on our own. And we also have information overload, which causes everything to become noise. And we need to look at things as a whole, as you say, and because everything's interconnected. So, and I want to just leave one thing before I pass this over to you is as Socrates says that there is only one good knowledge and one evil ignorance. So Dr. Shiva, please tell us how you apply the system science to all disciplines and propose solutions based on this systems approach to minimize the noise and to find truth and solutions. Yeah. So, um, I think the best way to think about this, Rosanna, by the way, thank you for that kind introduction. Let me just, um, I don't think I can share anything with you, right? Uh, but, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to share a diagram that I have off of our Truth From Health site. And it sort of uh, addresses this point that you just made on information overload. Because I think once people understand what's actually going on, um, it's easier for people to understand. So. If you consider the following, right? There, today we have more information at people's fingertips than ever before, right? Um, you can you can see the screen I'm sharing, right? Um, so, and by the way, if people go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you can you can see more. But I just want to focus on this diagram here. So the reason I wanted to share this diagram is so there's so much information, but you would think with all this information that we're going to get you know, more health, more truth, and more freedom. And the reality is it's not true. And you just look at, and these are very conservative numbers, is that you have about, you know, close to 650 million people who are now anxious and depressed. So, you know, it's, it's going to near a billion in the next few years. 51% of children feel hopeless. 40% uh, of people want to overthrow their governments. Right now, and, and in the next five years, it's going to become half of the world's population, but two and a half billion people are obese, half of um, Half a billion of those are children, and 52% are completely confused on what to eat or avoid. In, in the midst of all these health videos, and then 95% of people have health problems with one-third having five, five ailments. So it doesn't mean that information, all these YouTube videos, all this stuff, more and more information um, is leading to a better life. And the reason this happened is I, I want to share this little systems diagram um, is the forces of power, profit, control 
fundamentally want people into, if you can think about it, these four buckets, either complacent, which means checking out, desperate, you know, people, young kids taking a gun and shooting up a schoolhouse, right? Or thinking um, you, t you do, uh, you know, heroic, heroic acts of terrorism or something, or they want people to be divided into this left or right. Now, the reason people are getting to those, one of those four buckets is because they're confused and they can't figure out the, how these systems of power, profit, control work. And they got to that confusion because of illusion or delusion, and that came from ignorance, being fed to them by one wing of the establishment. You know, the, actually there's four, you can think about it, the obvious and the not so obvious establishment or the left or the right, and obviously there's variations on that. Um, and that comes through ignorance. So in, from a scientific and an engineering standpoint, ignorance is you're, you don't see the whole, you're only seeing components. So it's a very famous story of Buddha talks about, you know, the, four, the, the, the different blind men that um, this king invites to observe an elephant, right? And six blind men blindfolded and each one is touching different parts of the elephant and they have a very different worldview. The guy who's touching the tusk thinks it's a snake. The guy who touches the tail thinks it's a brush. The guy who bumps into the feet thinks he's bumping into an oak tree. So they see a very, very, um, you know, divided and blinded view of reality. And this is being, and in that case, that's a parable. But in this case, this is being done by design. People want, at the end of it, people are so ignorant of what they're seeing. They said, you know, I'm going to check out. I, I can't deal with all this. I'm going to move to Vermont or just, you know, live in a cabin. I'm going to do my own farm. I'm going to create my own commune or I'm going to go get some guns, right? Um, or they typically are left or right. And this is a phenomenon that is actually taking place right now. And that that system of ignorance is, as I mentioned, dividing people into division, complacency, or desperation. And the now you have to, uh, to, to the point that we discussed earlier, you know, offline is that this is not happening accidentally. The Those in power are very, very uh, smart. They don't just hit people with a hammer. You know, a hundred years ago, Rosanna, they would just, you know, tell people, I'm just gonna shoot you, right? But nowadays they have a army of the theatrics. They have people like Trump. I mean, we'll talk more about that on the right, you know, or wherever Trump really is, or um, total, you know, um, in my view, uh, people like Tucker Carlson, part of the intelligence community, or Joe Rogan, um, or, or Bernie Sanders on the quote unquote left, or AOC, or even Alex Jones and people like Joe Rogan, and we can add more, Robert F. and Kennedy Jr., all these people. These people are really the machinery of ignorance. They give you knowingly pieces of the problem, they don't give you the whole. And therefore, people are divided. And that is their job. The establishment, the swarm has created these people. And you know they've created them because they're the ones who get massive visibility. To get visibility is the valve that the establishment uses to determine which narratives go out there. And the solution, we'll talk more about this, is fu fundamentally knowledge. And knowledge is very different than information. Knowledge is the ability to connect these various systems of information into a cohesive way where you get wisdom. And wisdom is important because you get clarity and clarity is important because now you are empowered. You don't look to them, you look 
to yourself, to your, yourself and others, you get active, you get innovative, and you get organized. And I'll come back to this diagram, but this is sort of the foundational piece here that they do not want people to have wisdom. They want people to be confused. And that confusion, as I talked about, leads people into these different states of consciousness, complacency, desperation, or division. And I think once people understand th this phenomenon from a systems perspective, it's much harder to screw with people. But right now, they um, do not want that occurring. So when a guy like me comes out and someone like me with the knowledge or someone like you, um, they had expected people like us to essentially become part of the swarm, the elites, not to educate people from a very different perspective. And so the only alternative that they have is to make us invisible. Um, they don't even want to create controversies because it's too dangerous. They will create a controversy with Trump, you know, like he, as though he's again, so they'll indict him and all this, all theater, absolute theater, or with Booby effing Kennedy, right? Who's completely part of the theater. In fact, all these people know each other. They're very, very close friends, literally. They're probably not six degrees of separation, not five, not four, not three, not two. I would say probably a half a degree of separation from one another. You know, when I was out in Malibu, this dude, Sadhguru, wanted to meet with me. You know, I thought a guy was a complete idiot. If you hear him talk, he wears his turban, has his beard, and all these Malibu Hollywood people think he's saying something of import. He's not saying nothing, but he's very closely connected with Booby Effing Kennedy. He's very closely connected with all of the swarm. That's why he gets so much exposure. Expo anyone who's getting massive exposure on mainstream media, positive or negative, is part of the swarm. And I think this is a very, very important thing people need to understand. They are not your fighting for you by no means. They're part of the swarm. And, th and this is where I think, Rosanna, they have people confused because they think, oh my God, Trump just got indicted. Isn't that horrible? You know, what are you talking about? Well, if he really didn't, if he, if he really was a threat, they would absolutely make him invisible. That's the way that you do it on the modern world. You don't give him any airtime. You don't even feed any of the, you don't give him any oxygen. So it's a very important thing to understand. So in summary, I think at, a, at the outset, the, those in power are driven by the forces of power, profit, control, which is about, you know, probably about 10 to 100,000 people. Those of us, the other 8 billion people, fundamentally are driven by truth, freedom, and health at a very deep level. And the, the goals of the 8 billion are very different than the goals of the very few. But the few have the knowledge of system science. And that knowledge really came out in the 1920s. It was initially came out with the work of Norbert Wiener, people like Claude Shannon, when they said, wow, we're starting to, computing is starting to show up. We understand advanced mathematics. What would happen if we could create beings which could simulate humans? And this was the beginning of early cybernetics. And, and they were really looking at control systems. It started with understanding biological systems. You know, how does your body maintain, you know, 98 plus or minus a half a degree temperature? Because we have something in the body called the hypothalamus, right? Which is a central controller. It knows its goal to maintain this temperature. It senses the environment, a sensor, right? So it has a goal. It has a controller, it senses the environment, it knows there could be disturbances, right? Suddenly there's changes in fluctuation weather. And then the hypothalamus guides the entire body through inputs of affecting the forces of transport, conversion, and storage, 
right? So you start burning brown fat if it gets very cold, right? And then your body produces an output, more heat, and then you start controlling your temperature. I just shared with you the nine principles of system science. Now the elites learned this. Henry Kissinger knows this, Zhivjanov Brzezinski knew this, right? All of these people study this. It's an engineering system science, which is the most powerful body of knowledge that has come out since we started learning how to, you know, um, you know, understand probably a whole bunch of other fields of engineering, electromagnetism. But in the modern world, we live in a world of complex systems. Your body is a system. Doctors don't understand systems. They see the body like the blind man. Oh, you got a problem in the heart? Let me just go do this. Let me not think about what's going on in the rest of your body. Oh, you have a problem in the liver? Let me do this. They don't look at your emotional situation. So the ankle bone's never connected to the foot bone. So doctors don't learn system science, right? Engineers do, interesting enough. Mothers intuitively know system science because they have to deal with a whole bunch of things and have to interconnect them. Plumbers do, um, surgeons do, MDs don't. They don't really have to solve a problem. They, they can be just if then else, right? Um, but there's a set of people, fortunately, who are hardworking people have to use their brain, make decisions, otherwise they don't get paid. Electricians, plumbers, construction workers, typically working class people or people who are doing a very, very important skill type of labor um, where they have to solve a problem. So system science is the foundations of solving problems. And if you don't learn system thinking in modern world, you're basically fucked, period. Because you're gonna be used by the left or the right. You're gonna go complacent. You're gonna go desperate. And it is really, in many ways, the future of humanity. And that's why, you know, for me, it's been an interesting journey because I grew up in this caste system. I had, you know, it's not been something scholarly for me. It's not something I do as a thing. Oh, I'm a Kennedy. Let me go help some people out over here. It's all bullshit. Or I'm a Trump. Let me go, you know, talk some shit over here to working class people and say, I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to lock her up. It's not theater. This is real because I've had to fight the caste system in my own life. I've had to expose the levels of corruption at every face I go through, even right now. You know, it, it, I had to expose Elon Musk as a complete dirtbag that he is. The backdoor portal to Twitter is still operational. All the conservatives bow down to him and it affects me personally. So it's a personal struggle and as, as a collective struggle. So it's not like I can separate my personal integrity from my public integrity. And Booby effing Kennedy said that. He goes, when they started questioning about some of his family's serious skeletons beyond that, skeletons, they actually created skeletons. He said, well, personal integrity and public integrity can be two different things. And this is how the elites live. They don't have to walk the walk. Everything is just a shtick to them. It's not real. It's something they're doing to profit from, right? Running a medical freedom movement is really not helping mothers. It's about, you know, doing a shtick over here. And that's why on the one hand, someone like him can say, oh, the vaccines are not good and it violates the Nuremberg Code. And in the same mouth or the same breath, in his own home, people had to be vaccinated in his own home. And then he blames his wife. You see, these people are very, very clever and we cannot let them get away with this. Um, but not everyone will get this because they're so enamored by celebrity. They're so uh, enslaved by thinking someone else is going to come save them this concept of a messiah, you know, but history shows when you take a systems approach that there's a concept in system science called self-organizing systems. Ultimately, everything in the universe is a self-organizing system. And these concepts really didn't come out 
until the work of Ilya Pogroni in, in the 1950s. And my work more recently in, in, in 2000, and, and we've published about this. So systems scientists, systems thinking is the way out of all of this. And our intention, Rosanna, is we're not looking to affect the 30% of idiots who are never gonna change. We don't care about the 50% or gonna watch which way the wind blows. We care about the 20%. And on a good day, that's what you have. You have about 20% of people. Um, so the 80% um, are in some ways irrelevant because 50 of them are wishy-washy. 30 of them, they're, they're wearing five masks or they, they're getting all these boosters. It doesn't matter if they're doing that, give them a few more masks to wear. Don't go arguing with them. You know, they're gone. You're wasting your time. You're going to waste your breath. You're going to get burned out. So our goal is to mobilize that 20% to create a wave of consciousness. And that concept directly comes from system thinking and from physical chemistry, actually. So we take a scientific systems approach. The words truth, freedom, health are directly related to the concept of conversion, you know, transport and storage. These are three fundamental of the nine principles from system science. Those three principles show up in ancient systems of Indian medicine, Pitta, Vata, and Kapha. So truth, freedom, and health is a educational movement. It's a community, it's technology. It's a systems approach to shattering, um, to doing a systems overhaul. Excellent insights there. You know, you made you, you raised several great points there. You know, you remind it reminds me of the bread and circuses of Rome when you talk about the show that's going on right now and the duplicity. You know, it, it's great that you learn from your experience and where you grew up in India and you bring that here. And you know, your chart brought up two of polar opposites. You had wisdom versus illusion, knowledge versus ignorance clarity versus confusion. And those are key points. And it's about having clarity and empowering people. You know, people need to feel empowered and be particular and you talk about it often if you could please go into this approach and how we work from the bottom up yeah so one of the points i just want to share just to follow up with what you just said and i want to talk about that i just want to share the other part of that diagram which i promised let me just share that with you so in the bottom part of that diagram which you just talked about let me just bring that up for you there's a um, element of is that's very, very important. You know, so, you know, in the diagram, but by the way, if you go to truthfromhealth.com, you can sort of watch, it's like a nice PowerPoint you can follow and you can share with your friends. But in order to get to knowledge, to get to wisdom, people are going, and which will lead to being active, innovative and organized, that's for the individual. People have to let go of the old way of thinking. And as it says, it's not about what to think, but how to think. And people have to decide, do I wanna be my own guru, right? Many of these approaches, particularly a lot of religious approaches, are about bowing down to some false god. But if you really look at some of the truly great spiritual 
uh, text. It's actually awakening the God within you. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Whatever religious um, uh, process you follow, the when you uncover all the the uh, you know the accoutrements of religion and you go down to the core of it, you find out it's ultimately about the individual directly connecting to their creator, whatever you want that to be in your in your different way. I'm not going to get into that, but the issue is, do, does a person want to become their own teacher? Guru from the Indian term actually means one who dispels darkness. That's what it really means. Are you? Do you want to rise up and start dispelling the darkness? So um, I wanted to make that point so people understand that the goal here is for the individual to have an experience of themselves as a co-creator um, with everything that's around them. So let me go back. Uh, stop sharing here. So that's what I wanted to show. So let me talk about this notion of a bottoms-up movement and why that's important. Um, the reason this becomes very, very important is that when you consider the fact that from a systems perspective, you find that if you have a system, right, take a, a pond, which is absolutely still, if you can imagine that on a, a morning day, if you go out to a pond, right, or a lake, it's absolutely still, there's no waves. Now, the issue is how many things do you need pebbles dropping to create a wave? Well, if you drop one pebble, it'll create a ripple, right? If you drop two, it'll create, you know, another ripple, right? And based on where they are, you have superposition and they'll create a larger wave. But you don't need to have, you know, um, every acreage of that pond filled with uh, pebbles to create a wave. In fact, that would probably not work. You just need to have enough, right? It's a finite set you need and you create a wave. And if you look, so that's called a self-organizing principle. What is a self-organizing principle? The principle is that systems exist in different states of consciousness, different states of matter, different states. Um, ice exists in a solid state. And at a certain point, it goes to a liquid state. And then a certain another point, it goes to a, a vapor state. And you can, in fact, you can go to plasma. You can keep going, right? Um, but at each one of these states, there's called a phase transition. You go from solid to liquid, right? And from liquid to vapor. Now, how does that phase transition occur? Well, it occurs exactly when the conditions are right. In the case of ice, when it goes over zero plus degrees, right? Right, uh, centigrade. In the case of vapor, it occurs around 212 degrees Fahrenheit, right? Sorry, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. If you're using the Fahrenheit scale, 212 degrees Fahrenheit when you go from liquid to vapor. But the point is, it's not like things just are slow. It does, it's not like the ice starts melting and then becomes water. No, at a certain point, the particles start melting, all right? Now, why is this important to understand? Because you start looking, now you apply it to society. Well, there was a time period in history where the state of human relationships, how we existed as society, wasn't in this, you know, industrialized capitalist information world, right? Um, there was a previous state and it was a feudal world where there was a king and you worked his land and you were given a little bit of land and you had to give 30% to the, uh, to the king. There were social relationships between human beings were in a very, very different state. And before that, you know, if you go back more time, there was a time when most of us were hunter gatherers. We essentially didn't um, stay in one place. We moved. Um, and the relationship between people are very, very different. 
people didn't even have the concept of owning land in those cultures. If you go to the ancient South Indian Dravidian cultures or the Iroquois, the concept of owning land didn't make it many, any sense at all, right? So our thoughts are plastic, meaning it's not like everyone views the world the same way. They were very, very different. It was a very different state of consciousness. Um, some people have called it, quote unquote, primitive, quote unquote, communism. In the sense, there was no ownership of property. It wasn't in people's mind. What do you think I own that land? Because you're constantly moving. It's, it's like saying you own the moon. And, you know, there's some famous quotes by some very famous Native Americans who talk about that. How could you own anything? And in those cultures, Rosanna, the relationship because of productive systems between the individual um, and things around them were not based on ownership. Women weren't owned. It's fascinating. Women, in fact, were the leaders in those communities. Um, in fact, the lineage of a child always went back to the mother. It was matriarchal. And it's fascinating when you start looking at the so the relationships between people in that system were very, very different. Um, people, it was in some ways a flat architecture. And then at some point, a phase transition took place, no different from ice going to water. How did that occur? Well, something comes out of the ether, you know? It's fascinating to watch this and they call that an innovation. Well, that innovation was someone said, oh, I have a plow and I've learned how to domesticate an animal, right? And so now people didn't need to be nomads. They could stay in one location. They could plow the fields. They could, you know, graze the land. They had meat and food, but, but in a location. But the day that occurred, a phase transition took place in the entire human psyche. And that phase transition was, oh, this is my land. I own this property. And from that standpoint, the day that that occurred was the same day the subjugation of women took place, meaning this is my woman or these are my women. And these women will give me offspring because I will they will inherit my land. And that gave rise to a feudal structure. You see, so we went from this primitive mode to a feudal structure. And then at some point, someone created the steam engine, right? And we started learning how to build boats and ships and, and no longer were people restricted to a land they could travel. And you had this whole new uh, system called modern capitalism, right? Trading, the relation between humans change again. But again, that was a major shift. But at each of these phase transitions, they occurred quite explosively, right? We went very rapidly from a hunter-gatherer society to feudal society. And once we figured out how to do other technologies, we went to a modern uh, capitalist society that we have today. That's a phase transition. And in each one of those transitions, there were some sort of seeding that took place that came out of nowhere, right? Uh, quote, unquote, nowhere that compelled this massive change. In the world, that occurred around the time frame in the modern world around the late 1800s and 1900s, where you had this concept of people working in industrialized factories. They were subjugated. There was child labor. Um, you know, women were working 20, 30 hours a day. Um, there was colonialism. Britain was, you know, suppressing people all over the world, or British imperialism. And people started waking up to this concept. It's a new technology of, hey, why don't we self-organize? The king ain't going to do anything for us. The guy who owns my factory ain't going to do anything. I have to do something. And those were the early developments in the United States. It was called the Great Upheaval. And, and it was at the in, in the 1800s. Women, again, led those movements in the early 1900s. You know, um, the Lowell factory or women struck 
right? Because they wanted, basically, they wanted like a 10-hour workday. Um, they, they wanted ending child labor. And those movements rippled across the world. The early parts of the Russian Revolution were part of that. Um, movements in India, Ireland, all these around the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was this wave of consciousness building that, wait a minute, we have to have a better life. No one's going to do this for us. And these bottoms up movements were starting that phase transition to a different kind of world. And in the United States, for example, you can see in the 1900s, late mid 1900s, the banks were failing, right? You had the depression, these movements were building up, blacks and whites arm in arm, uh, together fighting women and men. Um, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt was like the Biden of the time. And he was brought in to keep these quiet, but literally these movements became so powerful, they put a gun to his head and they said, look, you're gonna have a revolution in the United States. So in order to stop that phase transition, people were given some basic, some bones were thrown in them. Social security, we're gonna eliminate child labor, right? We're gonna build some roads for you peasants, right? We're gonna give you some clean water. But it was those movements that forced the elites to give that. If those movements didn't occur, none of that would have occurred. And this is something people need to understand. So between 1900 from a finance standpoint, uh, Rosanna to 1970s, it was those powerful movements that forced the elites to build infrastructure. So by 19, uh, you know, by 19, uh, you know, 48, 95%, 98% of measles and infectious disease was wiped out because of that infrastructure long before 20, you know, 15 years before the vaccine even came out. And so people don't want to unravel this onion and say, oh, we had health. Well, how did we get that? And we had a booming economy. It was from those movements. And this is what's left out of the history books or in any type of political analysis. But when you take a systems perspective, you see that, oh, it was these movements. And what happened to those movements? They were going to undergo that phase transition. And what the elites did was they said, shit, we can't have this. So they countered with a technology. And that occurred around the 1950s. And that's where the left and the right unified they suppress these bottoms up movements with some very powerful technologies. And I call them technologies because they started to be psychological operations. One of them was to tell people, if you say workers unite, if you want to build a bottoms up movement, you must be a communist. They put the hammer and sickle with the red evil Russia, quote unquote, evil Russia associated with any type of bottoms up movements. And they brainwashed people for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years with that. And the right wing was part of that. Eugene McCarthy was the one who executed that. Meanwhile, the left, the quote unquote left, took over these emergent bottoms up trade unions that were led by women and men. So the Bernie Sanders of the time, right? The AOCs, the Kennedys, they came in and they took over the unions. They made them top down. It's quite fascinating. So by the 1970s, so if you look at 1900 to 1970, there were close to 150 million people in the United States individuals who participated in strikes, which means bottoms up movements, handing out flyers, you know, going door to door. Um, and um, it was that movement between 1900 to 1970, that as the GDP in the United States blossomed, every income quartile went up in wages, first income quartile, second, third, and fourth. Two very interesting researchers at RAND did a beautiful economic analysis on it. Right. So as the economy grew, everyone's wages grew 
And that was really the heyday of America during that period. This is when many immigrants wanted to come here because you had great educational systems. Teachers were allowed to teach curriculum in those schoolhouses. They could decide. Uh, it was a wonderful period. But what Eugene McCarthy and the left and the right did was they had to stop these bottoms up movements. So they created a technology to brainwash people. We are going to give you stuff. We, meaning top down union bosses or part of the elites. And then if you ever say you're going to organize a bottoms up movement, we're going to brand you as a communist. You're a socialist. And you see that over and over again. Oh, we don't want Marxism. We don't want socialism. Most people haven't even read Marx. In fact, when Engels died, he said the worst people in the world are Marxists, right? So by 1970 till today, you contrast that to the American pie growing beautifully during that first and serving all wages between 1970 to today, the American pie has grown. But what's happened is the first and income second quartiles, their wages have gone down. And if you take the area under that curve and you do a little bit of calculus, you'll find out that the total wage was about $47 trillion that went down. And that was a directly transferred to this third and fourth income quartiles. So all of this occurred during a period, there's no more true bottoms up movements compared to the first you know, 70 years, 1910 to 1970, 150 million people fighting and striking on the streets. We've only had maybe 2 million people, less than 2% of people have participated in bottoms up movements. There's no more labor unions that fights for people. The unions and Wall Street work together. So you've had this devastation of the American working people. And now you have a whole bunch of people who get fed free money over here and they want, want it that way. And then a whole bunch of people over here who don't pay any tax. Both realms don't pay any taxes. Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes. Elon Musk, you know, the elites, the same ones who made six, the 600 billionaires during the pandemic who made $2.3 trillion are here. And then you have these other lumpen, quote unquote, proletariat. They're not even, they don't work. They're lumpens. Um, and then you have a small sector of people who actually get up and work still. And they're the ones, 90% of the tax, is, tax revenues are coming from those 90%. So when you look at the arc of it, they do not want anything like that occurred in the early 1900s. So as a part of this, they created the left-right narrative and the other technology they created, Rosanna, the disturbance, as we call it in system science, is the obvious establishment, be it the Clintons and the Bushes, but then they were very, very clever. And this is very clever what they did is they created the not so obvious establishment. They created the Kennedys made them appear as though they're royalty and they're fighting for us and that they are here to help you. They're for civil rights and they want medical freedom. It's happening right now in front of us. Or they created the Donald Trumps. Oh, I'm gonna make America great. I'm gonna lock them up, I'm your fighter. And, and it started with Jesse Jackson. It started with Bernie Sanders, Obama. They started creating these fake heroes who are completely part of the establishment. Bernie Sanders has never worked a day in his life. These people are Hollywood, it's political theater. And they have Hollywood theater, they have boxing theater, and, and they also have worldwide wrestling theater. But the reason I gave you those four theatrical examples is all of those theaters are owned and operated by one individual, Ari Emanuel. And there's a few others like him, but I can tell you that Ari Emanuel, the brother of Ram Emanuel, very, deeply connected to Zionism, you know, in the Israeli Defense Force, people should look, look this up. But Ari Emanuel owns political theater. Why? Donald Trump is his agent. 
I mean, he's Donald Trump's agent. He's Joe Rogan's agent. And who am I talking about? William Morris Agency, Endeavor. So Ari Emanuel, literally, if you want to get a book published, you better get him as your agent. Period. And a lot of people don't understand this dynamic. How do these people get books, best-selling books published overnight? You need an agent. Your agent knows the top three or four publishing houses. It's the gateway. And if you don't bow down to Ari Emanuel, you're not going to be a star in the political world. Then you go to the world of Hollywood theater. Well, he owns 99% of the A-list actors, be it from Mark Wahlberg to Joe Rogan, you know, all these entertainers. And then he owns UFC. And then he owns literally WWE wrestling. So it is so fucked up that you see Zuckerberg and Musk doing this theater now. Musk versus Zuck. This is right out of, you know, uh, you know, from the, you know, you go, you know, from the work of, from the times of Marcus Aurelius, right? It's literally, they're giving the masses bread and circus and it's controlled. So if anyone thinking Donald Trump is fighting for you or Robert Kennedy's fighting for you, the reason you think that is because you don't have the systems approach and you will be fucked by both of these people or all of them. You know, Rosanna, I had a friend of mine, very smart woman, Harvard MD, PhD, neuroscientist, you know, brain scientist, she got all into, in 2016, wanting to help Bernie Sanders. And she said, um, and I've shared the story, but I can't emphasize it enough. She said, Shiva, you know, you got to support Bernie. He's fighting for working people. You're talking about working people. And I said, Lori, let me tell you a story. In 1984, there was another guy who bullshitted people. And I learned when I was a teenager, his name was Jesse Jackson. He said he was going to fight for working people in this. And it was when Reagan, Democrat, uh, Republican, Democrat, whatever you want to call him, he was both, was fighting, running against Mondale. And Jesse Jackson was building this so-called, quote unquote, anti-establishment movement. With the end of the day at the Democratic convention, he takes all these millions of people and he corrals them beautifully to Mondale. And he says, look, you know, we need to choose the lesser of two evils. And I heard he got a private plane for that. OK, that gig. Bernie Sanders, so I was saying, look, Laurie, let me tell you what's going to happen. On the floor of the Democratic convention, Bernie Sanders is going to hug Hillary Clinton and he's going to give all his votes to her. She goes, no way, no way. She goes, you're so critical of everyone. There's no way that's going to happen. She stormed out of my house. I didn't hear from her for two years. She was really upset with me. She said, you're so critical. And I said, look, Lori, I've studied this. You know, you study neuroscience. I would never argue with you. I said, I study engineering. I said, I've put my time in. That's what he's going to do. That's exactly what happened, Rosanna. And then she called me two years later crying. She goes, Shiva, how did you know? How did you know? I was so used. I, I put out so many flyers for him. I organized people. I said, don't you get it? This is his role. He's a technology that's used to sucker people like you in. So you don't build a bottoms up movement. And that's where we're at, Rosanna. So the bottoms up movement. And so, you know, I, I will be handing out flyers like this. Okay. I don't know if you can see this. It, mm -hmm. The lesser of two evils is killing your children. Now, I love these flyers. You know why? Because I can contrib con totally control my destiny. I can't do it on Twitter and Facebook anymore. Because after I was deplatformed for two years, exposing, I was the one who exposed the entire infrastructure. Not Matt Taibbi, not Schellenberger. These people are all part of the intelligence network who try to take credit for something because they don't want to reveal the real issue. The real issue is this entire infrastructure still, the censorship infrastructure still exists. Elon Musk runs it. He operates it fully. But 
so I can't. So my views have gone from a half a million views per day down to five thousand views because they thought they put me back on and I would bow down like all the other conservatives did. But because what I discovered in my lawsuit, we know that the government and all the social media companies are in an unholy alliance. And we showed that in bare view, our entire document, things were plagiarized from us. We were never credited purposefully because we are independent. They need to control the narrative, but no one can control this. You know, we'll put out, you know, tens of millions of these little flyers. It's what I used to do when I was a teenager at MIT, you know, exposing the MIT administration. And this flyer is very simple. It says, the lesser of two evils is killing your children. It gives this wonderful graph over here, which shows how the lifespan in the United States is going down since 1980. And this is going to occur all over the planet. It teaches people what to swarm and we give people a solution. But we will go direct to people and distribute these. This is a bottoms up movement. Here's a bottoms up movement. You take one of these bumper stickers and you put it on the back windshield of your car. Most of us work for a living. We don't have the time to, or enough money to give Booby F and Kennedy or Trump money. You know, by the way, I find it fascinating. A person who's only, by the way, the average American, 80% of Americans only have $400 in savings in their bank account. Poor working people. They're taking a hundred bucks and giving it to this fool called Booby F and Kennedy or giving it to Trump. These guys are billion, they're billionaires. They have trust funds. You only have $400 in your bank account and you're giving it to this guy who plays golf every day. What the fuck are you doing? And the reason you're doing this, because you have, you think, the swarm, a billionaire is going to come save you. They're not. It's entertainment for them. They see you. And I've heard them say this, the masses are asses. So, but you take this little bumper sticker and you put it on the back of your car. You can be working. A hundred thousand people see one of these. So I'm a big, big promoter of offline long before online took place. You know, we used to distribute when Henry Kissinger came into town in 1980, we chased him out of Boston. We put out, we blanketed Boston with like a couple hundred thousand flyers. Uh, we, we were running a newspaper called The Student, but we exposed what this criminal was really about. But I'm a big proponent the future is offline and we have to build a bottoms up movement. And that bottoms up movement is not waiting for fucking Joe Rogan and you judge your uh, success. Oh, my God, you were on Joe Rogan. No, I judge my success. I'm on your show, Rosanna. And you and I are having this conversation. That's what success is. We start giving credit to everyday working people, not these scumbags who are bought and paid for. And that's what a bottoms up movement is. It says, I believe in you. And it is us versus them. We're not, there's no bullshit. Oh, we're going to heal the divide. No, th there is a division. It's 8 billion people versus 0.1% of the people who are malevolent. They think they're better than you. And they think they have you by the toe, you know, and they want to extract as much wealth out of you as possible. No one should give one penny to Trump or Kennedy. None of these people. Why do they need our money? That's what I find fascinating. I mean, I can have people download these flyers and they can go print them on. Our, why do you need so much money? Why do you need so much capital? If you need so much capital, that means you don't really have any following. You're just going to pummel people with money because you don't really have any people power. Valid points there. Excellent explanation. Thank you so much for it's data driven. 
And everything you speak of is from experience and from, I love that, historical accounting of what happened with these movements and how they've suppressed people and kept people quiet over the years. It's unfortunate, but everyone needs to realize what's really going on and think independently and look around them. And I love how you use pattern recognition. You were able to predict how Bernie Sanders did endorse Hillary. And I have to ask you what you're predicting for what's going on now. If you could go into this current movement and what you're seeing, Dr. Shiva, what do you anticipate occurring into 2024? Yeah, so it's a good question. So remember, I am a big, big individual, independent thinker of this perspective that we need to define what success looks like. What is success? right? Because then we can understand what is 2024 going to look like. Success, the win here is building a movement, a movement of independent-minded people who understand this dynamics, what I just shared with you. And, you know, in, or in order to do that, you know, we've created a curriculum, a movement, and I'll play you a video before we end on that. But that's the movement. Now, my running for office has created some interesting disruptions, you see, because in 2020, if you go back, Let's go back to the prescience we had then. In 2020, I'm sitting there and as a systems scientist, as a systems biologist, as a systems guy, I see, and we were right in the heat of 2019 and 2020 fighting the vaccine mandates long before COVID hit, okay? Just on principle of a systems approach to the body, the body is a very complex system. So if you take the body as a complex system, to, to tell people everyone should take this medicine for your particular element is just antithetical. That doesn't occur anywhere in nature. It's, it's anti-engineering, it's anti-science. So I had given a talk at the National Science Foundation on the modern science of the immune system as a renowned guy in the field on this, they'd asked me to give a talk. And I said, it's insane to say everyone should get the same protocol, right? X number of vaccines or, you know, X, and everyone got it, you know? There was no controversy there. In 2020, when COVID, the pandemic, quote unquote, pandemic came, I could see this and I could see what they were doing was to suppress freedom, was to destroy economy and to promote, um, you know, to attack, uh, you know, to, to violate uh, freedom, right? And I did a tweet on that, it went viral. And I saw it right away in March of 2020. And then two months later, we organized a fire Fauci campaign. Long before these doctors were now grifting, were all silent back then. I could see Fauci was a complete scumbag. He was part of the swamp. We ran the fire Fauci campaign. We raised around 120,000 signatures. We delivered them to Trump. In fact, we wrote a letter. Please don't shut, do, do not do lockdowns. Here's a way that you can avoid it. Boost people's immune system. It was, it was beautifully laid out in a March 23rd letter. Marla Maples delivered it to Trump. Um, I spoke to the White House, but they did nothing. And why am I bringing that up? Because as a system scientist, I could see Fauci was full of shit. As a system scientist, I could see there was no need for lockdowns. As a system scientist, we also discovered the entire censorship infrastructure system in 2020. It was an amazing period, 2020, right? It's very interesting. Um, um, and in 2020, we also discovered all the election systems issues. So system science is what I applied. So I was literally, I probably maybe got two hours sleep at that time, Rosanna. I was writing two major PhD level thesis on showing how the signature verification systems are flawed and our chain of custody. That's on the election system side. In parallel, 
I was doing a major lawsuit pro se representing myself. We had discovered the entire censorship system infrastructure. We were exposing Fauci and we were teaching people how to boost their immune system. You notice how many times I use the word system. Everything was, and so we had that prescience. What were the other people doing at that time? Fucker Carlson concealed our lawsuit purposefully. Glenn Greenwald concealed our lawsuit. So did the ACLU. Trump made a half a billion dollars off my work. Never really wanted to solve the election systems issue. It was a big grift for him, right? Fauci was never fired. In fact, Trump gave him a presidential commendation award 12 hours before he left office. And all the Trumpers and the MAGA cult need to listen to this. They, they can say, well, you know, he was playing seventh dimensional chess. He couldn't fire him. Well, why is he giving him an award? And what was the award for? For Operation Warp Speed. So you can see these. And Robert Kennedy was promoting lockdowns in the heat of the battle. So what is so if I apply this, if, if I apply the same systems approach um, in 2023, I can tell you where things are going. And you can write it down. You right now, the establishment knows that our movement and the work I did in 2020 got out to about 450 million people, Rosanna. We've done the unique views. I mean, wherever I travel throughout the world, random people come running up to me. Hey, I saw your video. I saw your video. So this was very, very destructive for the swarm. Because during that window, before they could completely censor me, before they figured out what I was up to, I did all those educational videos. We really reached hundreds of millions of people. So now me running for president, they're like, holy shit. And I say that if you want to take a data point, Reince Priebus, who was Trump's chief of staff, told a fellow I know, he wanted to do some business with us, who's on his board. And he said, oh, Dr. Shiva's running for president. He goes, oh my God. He goes, that's going to be a fucking disruption. Now, why do they know that? Because they know that we know what they know and what they're up to. And they have all their system scientists themselves at Harvard, at MIT, all over the world, at IIT. They know that they, their entire, these quote unquote advisors goal, goals to make sure a bottoms up movement never occurs. And when I mean a bottoms up movement, not taking guns and shooting people, I'm talking about it, movement and consciousness. When people start saying, wait a minute, Trump is full of shit, Kennedy's full of shit. That is very dangerous for them. When Bernie Sanders is full of shit, when Saad Guru's full of shit, when Fucker Carlson's full of shit. Hey, you know, what, you know, Alex Jones exposes a lot, but what is he actually doing to build a movement? Like people start breaking from these people. And that's what occurred when the Vietnam War ended, when people broke from the left and the right. And they said the Democrats and Republicans are both warmongers. And that's when the war ended. They must create the not so obvious establishment. So what I predict is they know that we're out there. And their goal, number one, is to make me invisible and our movement invisible. However, they're going to they're failing right now because what's happening, Rosanna, is if you go look at after this video goes out, people say, wait, they'll they'll take this video and they'll go to Rogan and say, how come you're not covering Dr. Shiva? Because people are realizing, wait a minute, this is a guy who did all this stuff in 2020. Why? It's so obvious. So they're obvious suppression of the credit that should rightfully go to me and our movement is opening people's eyes. So that's one thing. So in reaction to that, what you have now happening is the neo-media cabal of grifters are coming together. And you see it right before your eyes. Joe Rogan, Fucker Carlson, Elon Musk, Trump, Kennedy. If you watch, they all promote each other. Okay? 
And in fact, Joe Rogan saying, oh, I think I'll have Trump on my show and we'll talk about the deep state. Maybe election fraud is real. You're talking about it three years too late because he's doing that to keep his audience, just like he did with the vaccines. All right. So Rogan is completely controlled by Ari Emanuel and the swarm. So is fucker Carlson. Fucker Carlson didn't say anything about anything. He didn't say anything about the censorship portal. He got all of our emails. He got everything. He suppressed it for two years. And then he's an actor. He gets up on a show when The Intercept had literally stolen all of our documents and republished it as, oh my God, the Department of Homeland Security has a relationship with Twitter. But that's already in one part of our diagram. Then Tucker puts Lee Fang, the writer on The Intercept who plagiarized my material, and says, oh my God, this is amazing that the government is involved in social media companies. How could we have ignored this? You ignored it. So these people are actors. So what I'm predicting is you're going to see a much closer coming together. And it's already happening. Zuck versus Musk. It's all entertainment, right? Joe Rogan. Wow, I'm going to put Trump on. They're all being paid. They're all making a shitload of money off all of this entertainment. It's no different that out of the gladiator, right? It's actually, it, I can't, the gladiator is actually much more honest. It's actually WWE wrestling. You, I don't know if you remember when I used to watch it, they used to have this one and he'd be getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. And you think, oh my God, he's dead. He's on the mat. Is he alive? And then suddenly he'd rise up like the martyr and then he'd beat the hell out of the guy. That's what they're teeing up Trump for. Okay. And that's what I, so what I predict is we're going to see more theatrics as never before, and it's aimed at, against our movement. I say this with all humility, because for the first time in human history, we have created an institution, and I mean a movement, education, curricula, to teach people we're not going to get fooled again, because people got fooled in the 20s, they got fooled in the 60s, they got fooled in the 80s, they got fooled in 2000, they got fooled in 2010, they got fooled in 2016. Uh-uh, we're not going to let that happen. And, the, and, the, and so that self-organizing system is you saying, wait a minute, Kennedy, let's write down what he says and what he did. And you just make a column. Oh, he said he's, he's for medical freedom. All right. But then there's a video over here saying he's pro-vax. He's emphatically pro-vaccine and he wants full vaccination of all Americans. Check. Oh, he said he's for medical freedom and many, many couples who loved each other split. One couple wanted to get vaccinated, the children, the others. Oh, but in his home, he allowed, he, he made sure everyone was vaccinated. And then he blames his wife. Oh, okay, I get that. Oh, he says he's pro-peace. Oh, he just endorsed the most brutal butchering of the Palestinians by supporting the most ardent form of Zionism you can talk about that goes back to 1940s, right? Then you go back over and you say, okay, let's talk about uh, lockdowns. He was promoting lockdowns, lockstep and barrel with Fauci in 2020. So people start now applying their brain, their rational mind, not their emotional instinctive mind, but a higher form of their mind. And they start developing their intuition and say, this guy's full of shit. Oh, and let me not only look at him. Let me also look at not only what he says, but his personal integrity. 30 women he had, you know, illicit affairs with while he was with his wife who then hung, hung herself after she found his diary. Then he buries his wife in the Kennedy Cemetery and takes a picture of himself bowing over her so the media sees it. And the next day exhumes her 
grave without a permit and moves her to an unmarked grave. And then you look at the Kennedys. Oh, let me look at them. Are they really pro-peace? No, because Kennedy's the one who brought in Kissinger, JFK. He's the one who escalated the war in Vietnam. Oh, and there's a video over here three weeks before he gets shot where he's actually saying we must stay in Vietnam. You know, against all these fools who think that Kennedy was there, you know, he was shot, you know, because he was fighting against the military industrial complex. Bullshit. And then you can go and see Robert F. Kennedy's talk, the father's talk on the floor of the Senate, where he's pushing the war in Vietnam. So people start putting one line, what they said and what they did. And you will find out it's bullshit. Then you do that with Trump. You can do that with me. And you can go all the way back to 1963. And you will see that I've always been fighting, always on the ground. Compare that to this other Indian. They had to find a bunch of brown guys, by the way, if you saw that, Rosanna, to try to sort of shield the real brown guy. They found this guy, Jay Bhattacharya. I mean, he was promoting lockdowns. He wrote a paper. I'm the one who had to find it. In early 2020, he wrote a scientific paper saying why lockdowns were good. So these people are creating theater to make sure they make invisible the real fighters, which is me, our movement, people like you. And that's what they're doing. It's actually theater. It's absolute theater. And you can trace it all back to a guy called Ari Emanuel. And there's a few others. I, I, I would no doubt, Rosanna, they're sitting in a room laughing at people. Can you believe this guy? He just gave me $100. He's got like 50 bucks in his bank account. Ha, 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 ha. And that's what they're doing. And this is going on in real time. This is no different than, you know, if you watch the movie Gladiator, right? The guy running this games to keep people distracted from all the corruption. And that is what they're doing. But the problem is our movement exists. And you have someone like me educating people on it. We created a university to educate people on this. And that's, um, that's a way out of this, Rosanna. There's no other way. We have to raise people. And the, the issue is we don't need to get everyone convinced. Because the, the, the stuff I'm sharing is system science. It's very powerful knowledge. 10 to 20,000 of the elites have learned this. And they control 8 billion people now. So if enough of us learn it, it's over for them because there's more of us. Thank you so much for that. Definitely setting up for some exciting times into 2024. But I think this time around, people are going to be empowered. And the key here is that we are speaking today and it's about not telling people what to think, but just giving them the this this perspective and letting them know that there is another way. They don't have to follow this group think that they're being given nowadays. There is another way and to be independent and to think for themselves. And that's most important. This reminds me of uh, Plato's allegory of the cave, you know, like the shadows on the cave. You know, it's, um, we try to enlighten others with the truth and freedom is at the key, is at the heart of it all. Now you mentioned about, you know, COVID and I wanna segue right into the financial system. This is a focus of this channel. My background is economics and financial markets and it is a broken system. You know, we have been conditioned to take on debt. You know, 2020 had mass stimulus. We had free money, negative rates, which is what led us to where we are today. The banking crisis is a symptom of all that free money going towards riskier assets. You know, it changed the perception of risk. We're in a different time now. We have massive debt. I think the U.S. had over 32 trillion 
Now we got downgraded. Our interest expense is about one trillion. All of that, you know, it's it's unsustainable. And so I want to know your thoughts. And we have mass inflation, fiat debasement. Um, you know, there's a dilution of value. Mount margins compressed, declining productivity, and you know, um, we need to start thinking differently. And there's no binary choice. Like you said in your beautiful website, I love your website. It's very clear cut. You know, it's not left or right. You know, it's not pro or anti. We're not just given these two choices. You know, we can be independent and think differently. And that's key here. So Dr. Shiva, what do you see as potential solutions to this broken financial system that we're in right now? So, uh, Rosanna, if it's okay, I want to play a little video on Truth Freedom Health, and then I want to answer that because I have a, a, a deep set of answers. And what I will do is I will connect what you just spoke about prior to what happened in 2020, what was actually going on with the economy, um, the concept of the reserve currency, you know, the work of Stephanie Keating, where she says you can print as much money as you want. Right. And we'll bring it back to a solution. But I, I think your viewers, because I want to always give a solution. The solution is I want to encourage people that they have to become system sinkers. The good news is you don't have to go to MIT. You don't have to go to all these places. I've, it's, it's been my life journey to organize this. So I'm very honored to share this with people. Let me just play this video if it's OK. Uh, is that all right? So let me uh, I have to figure out. Oh, okay, here we go. Let, I think I have to share my screen with you. If that's OK. Yeah, so let me share my screen here. Uh, there we go. And can you see that? Okay, so let me just play this video and I'll be just gonna grab a cup of water, but I, I wanna go into this because I'm very excited to have this financial discussion with you, but let me just play this. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to, and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that, and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. 
we need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhelp.com. All right. I hope that was valuable. The reason I wanted to play that, Rosanna, is that I want to, you know, as much as we need to criticize people, it's also important to give people an actual tangible solution. So what I'm, um, what I wanted to share there was a tangible solution is education. So, um, so what we recommend is people should go to truthfreedomhealth.com, become part of this education. I used to try to give all of this knowledge away. I used to teach it at MIT, systems thinking to some of the brightest minds in the world. When I try to give it away, no one wanted it. So we charge a little for it, but we told people as an adult, if you take it and you finish it, you give it away to as many children as you want. So people get to be a philanthropist because um, one of my mentors, Jay Forrester, wanted to teach system science at the kindergarten level. 
because he felt people should learn that young kids, even before they weren't reading, writing, and arithmetic, because it would teach them why they should learn those things. So that's one thing. The other thing is, um, you know, we are running for president, and I recommend people to go get one of these bumper stickers and put it on the back of their car, the windshield, because that's the way we go offline. And then if people go to shebaforpresident.com, anyone can download this. We've open sourced it, and they can print it on a printer and hand it out. I'll be like, you know, tomorrow morning, I'll be at the train station handing it out to people. It's a really fun exercise if you haven't done it, because we sit behind these screens, and it's very interesting when you go out and hand out a flyer. You have to look at someone in the face. You're very vulnerable. You don't know if they're going to take it and rip it apart and throw it away. But you're putting yourself out there, which I recommend people should be doing more of. But let me answer your question. Um, if we look right prior to the quote-unquote pandemic coming, we need to look at a couple of very interesting events. First of all, there are nearly 25 major protests going on throughout the world. People forget, right? The, the uh, stuff in France, Chile, Venezuela, there were massive, massive millions and millions of people, probably if you add it up, probably 30 to 40 million people in the year between 2019 and 2018 were protesting. And what were they protesting? They were protesting against corruption um, and, uh, you know, the high cost of anything, right? All over the world. And those movements are explosively growing. Concomitant with that, Something, you know, the interest rates, like you pointed out, were very, very low, artificially low. And there was another event taking place. Small businesses, be it in India or America, were actually starting to grow. Small businesses. And what the elites who live off low interest rate loans, like Jared Kushner or Trump or the Kennedys or the whoever they are, right? Because how does a real estate developer work? They're just moving capital around. They're not really making anything. It's not like they invented email or they created a new medicine or any of that. What they're doing is that mama and papa gave them a billion dollars like Trump. He bought one building and then filling it up with tenants. Now you want to go leverage that because you have a certain value for that building. And then you go to a bank and you say, hey, look, I want to um, get, I don't know, 80% of the value of this building. You, They give you a low interest rate loan and you go buy another building. And then you fill that up with tenants. But that entire business model is premised on low interest rates loans. Now, if an economy is naturally growing, let's say I started, you know, we started a new company here, Cytosolve, to discover new types of natural medicines. Oh, wow, it's growing. And I know I have 100,000 orders coming in. I don't have enough money, right, to fund the supply of that. I'm going to go to a bank and get a short-term loan. And other businesses were starting to do that because small businesses were actually starting to grow. So if everyone is looking for capital, what happens? Interest rates should go grow. And interest rate rates were starting to grow, and the elites don't like that. So what an so if interest rates are growing, you need to put a break on the economy. What an amazing way to do that by creating a quote unquote a pandemic, because that's what it did. It put the brakes. And who did it actually help? And the data is right in front of us. The Costco's and the Walmart's, the Fortune 10's did well. The Elon Musk did well. The Jeff Bezos did well. 600 billionaires increased their net worth by $2.3 trillion. Trump printed $7.9 trillion in one term. That's how Obama took two terms to do that. And that $7.9 trillion, some of it what was given to subsidies to enslave people. and But a majority of it went to bail out the elites just like Obama did in 2008. In fact, it was a transfer of wealth. 
And that's how 600 billionaires. So the elites got it many, many. They made a lot of money in many ways. Big Pharma, you know, as someone who's involved in biological engineering, you know, in 1986, I did a research project called Program on the Pharmaceutical Industry with a guy called Seth Finkelstein at MIT. Even back then, everyone knew the pharmaceutical companies were going down. And a lot of people don't understand this. Why? Because the entire way pharmaceutical companies develop a drug is very, very medieval. If you think about this pipeline, first part of the pipeline, some teacher, some research MIT discovers some molecule in a test tube. He goes, raises $40 million. Then the next step is he tests it in many, many different test tubes, right? To see if it really works. That's called in vitro testing. Then he goes and kills a bunch of animals. That's called in vivo testing. That takes around seven years. So that's called preclinical testing. And if it you find you have something, then you have to go to the FDA, a big milestone is you have to apply for an investigational new drug filing. And you have to submit 10,000 page, pages of regulatory information to convince the FDA to allow you to now go test that medicine on human beings. That's called the beginning of a phase one clinical trial. If the FDA gives you that allowance, and by the way, that takes around six to seven years to get that, all those preclinical, then you go into clinical trials, phase one, phase two, phase three, and you're testing more and more people, maybe a thousand people, 10,000 people, eventually a hundred thousand people. That's called the, the fate. And then that takes another nine years. You see, so it takes around 16 years, 15 to 16 years from the time a drug is identified as having some effect to take it through this process. This process is very, very medieval. First of all, it's for a synthetic drug. What comes out of this process only works for 10% of the target population. The other 90% get side effects. This is why all of those primetime commercials say, oh, you can take this and have people traipsing through beautiful meadows. And they say, by the way, this will happen, that'll happen, et cetera. They give you the nightmare in the second half of the commercial. But that process of drug development, particularly over the last 15 years, has been failing. Why? The FDA will even tell you that they're not even allowing many of the drugs out of phase, phase two, three clinical trials because they're causing so much side effects. So year over year, as pharmaceutical companies have spent more and more and more money on R&D to support this very medieval process, less and less new drugs are actually being allowed by the FDA. It's an inverse thing. More money on R&D, less money being. So if you had a business running like that, you're, you're going to have to say, I have a serious freaking problem. Pfizer's revenue was around $65 billion in 2012. And now it's dropped. It was dropping in 2019 to $40 billion. They lost almost $25 billion in top-line revenue. I was the first one to expose this in 2020 because I knew about it many years ago. And when I created Cytosol naively, which is a technology to eliminate animal testing, I thought pharma would want to use this, but they don't. They like this old process because we would have shown most of their stuff doesn't work. So pharmaceutical companies are doing a very medieval process. Even the FDA caught up to them and they're, they've been losing money because why are they losing money? Because a drug typically has, once you patent it, has 20 year patent life. So if it's taking you 15, 16 years to develop a drug to get it out, you only have four years left. That means in four years you have to recoup it's, it's, by the way, it takes around $5 billion to develop a drug. So in four years before it becomes a generic, you have to recruit all that $5 billion. And that's why the cost of drugs are so expensive.
All right. Now, you won't get this systems analysis from anyone else because 99 percent of these politicians are dopes. They don't understand this, nor do they care because they're tied into the pharma companies, including Kennedy, by the way. The Kennedys. John Kennedy's the one who signed the 1962 Vaccination Act to support big pharma's development. Ted Kennedy, you know, 20, 14 years later, sorry, 20, 24 years later, 19, you know, people are getting injured. Ted Kennedy creates the National Vaccine Injury Program. He was a co-sponsor of the bill, which protected big pharma. So they expanded all these agencies and duplicitous, disgusting, booby fucking Kennedy wants to now create safe vaccines. So how are you going to do that? How? And he thinks he's going to get all these corrupt institutions to create safe vaccines. So the entire process of this is to still support big pharma. They're indemnified, they're protected, and now you're going to help them create safe vaccines. That's why Trump was so critical to manipulate manipulating the working class in this country. If Hillary Clinton was there when he was there, there would have been a revolution. So they needed this guy who was saying all these right things, lock her up, build a wall, right? And what did he do? He basically saved this tanking pharmaceutical industry. He made sure that they could do Operation Warp Speed, which is compress that time cycle of nine years, right, into like one year without really doing any fundamental real clinical testing. And that's why Fauci um, and one was a straight man, one was the, you know, whatever, the, uh, the guy who acts like he's playing a joke, right? So you had this entire phenomenon, Fauci and Trump, and they pushed Operation Warp Speed. Trump gives a commendation award to Fauci 12 hours before he leaves office. He convinces a MAGA person as though he was some martyr fighting all this. But the reality was Pfizer's revenue, which was in the toilet at $40 billion in 2020, goes up to $80 billion. They made more money in one year than they did in the past you know, just look at their revenue amounts that they're losing. And then they go up to 110 billion. And both Biden and Trump were funded by big pharma for their inauguration, a million bucks a piece. So the economics here are, you have the fact that big pharma did phenomenally well because they were failing. Small businesses were starting to grow. The interest rate should be, come on, they should be around five to 6%. That's where they should have been, right? They artificially, so Jared Kushner could get low interest rates and all of his buddies were kept artificially low. The pandemic allowed that. All of these people got subsidies. Those who didn't want to work got incentivized not to work. A lot of small businesses closed up. The Walmarts, the Bezos, the Musks all did quite, quite well. And all of this was premised on printing money. Okay, Stephanie Keating was a complete, who's a professor at, at a... Um, uh, University of Pennsylvania Wharton, right? Um, she says it's okay to print money. She's created a whole thesis saying modern monetary theory, MMT, which says it's good to print money, print as much as you want, but it's all premised on us being the reserve currency. Well, how do you get to maintain being the reserve currency? No one ever answers that. Well, you must have a war machine. You must be able to have be the become the bully of the planet because when you're the bully, you get to print as much money as you want because if because that's how you enforce people um, using the United States or the dollar as a reserve currency. So now you have a set of people starting to say, we don't like that, right? In this case, Russia, for example, right? And so you have to now uh, create a disturbance there, right? 
Um, and that really started in 2013-14 with Hillary Clinton and Condoleezza Rice doing the coup in Ukraine to tee it up so you could ensure that Russia could not have the wherewithal because it was really supplying all of Europe with oil. And Condoleezza Rice said it very openly at a, an important speech that she gave. She goes, we must wean or destroy essentially Russia's energy platform with Europe. We must own it. So that's what this is about. This is about the United States can print whatever money they want, but it must be the reserve currency. In order to be the reserve currency, you have to have NATO go and bully everyone who attempts to go independent on their own. In this case, Russia was building, I mean, they're another thug, right? On their own accord, but you can't even have a small thug in your neighborhood. So where we're at right now is a pandemic played many, many positive views for the elites. It enabled them to save big pharma, which the industry should have completely tanked. Just like Obama saved big banks, Trump saved big pharma. And now you have the fact that the interest rates are getting back to where they should be, right? But this is where they should have been, you know, three, four years ago. And everyone who's profited from this on both ends, they did the nice V with the stock market. Uh, poor people who didn't know about this sold a high, right? I'm sorry, sold low, bought high, right? The elites always know how to um, buy low and sell high, and it's the inverse for the working person. Well said. Thank you so much for adding that. You know, you mentioned you brought out some great points. I just have to go through them. You know, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. And that comes right from Milton Friedman, you know, monetarist. And, you know, there is some truth with, you know, all these little pieces, you know, and they always try to, like you said, they compartmentalize things and they separate them into little parts. But it's important to look at the whole picture the whole system, as you say. So when we take that into account, we know that increasing the money supply directly affects inflation and that devalues our currency. So it's it's a local phenomenon because it's about central banks and doing their local money printing. But globally, we have inflationary issues around the world. And so we have this constant fiat debasement. Um, Global reserve currency, U.S. dollar, you know, there's no real contender. The yuan, the euro, they're not real contenders. And as of right now, the U.S. dollar shall remain the global reserve currency. Excellent examples about Condoleezza Rice, oil, Russia. There's so many issues there. We could talk for days about that. Um, but going back to, you know, you mentioned second order consequences. It's very important that we look at not just the immediate effect of decisions, but their second order consequences and the whole picture. Once again, there's a dilution of value going on with our economy. You know, margins are compressed and, you know, we just have this, you know, um, there's no other way, a way of saying it. It's declining productivity. We're getting less output for every input. And like you said, it's the worker, it's the middle-class America that's paying for it. The two ends of the spectrum aren't paying their taxes. So it's us in the middle, the people who work that are paying for all of this. And it's, it's, it's so unfortunate. We've been conditioned to take on this debt and um, we just need to break through from the system. Yeah. And like you said, big, I'm sorry, go on, please. Yeah, Rosanna, one of the important things, I wanna go back to this flyer. If you look at this data, right? It's hard to see, but the x-axis goes from 1980 till today. And the y-axis is lifespan. Mm -hmm. I want to connect it to what we're talking about. So the red line is the United States lifespan. It deviated from the industrialized nations. By the way, all those other nations will follow our same pattern. 
But what this fundamentally means is since 1980 to now, we've destroyed people's immune systems. Just yes. what I'm saying. So it's not, it's not the vaccine because it's been occurring since 1980. Now, how did we destroy people's immune systems? Okay, what is the immune system? The immune system consists of many different biological functions. And I want to talk about that, right? But these particular, your biology was affected by their policies. Your, if, if you want to make this very personal, when they did lockdowns, it affected your biology. Physically affected you. You got more stressed out. You got depressed. And that suffocated some of your mitochondrial respiration pathways. It created oxidative stress. It created inflammation. So as a system scientist, I can look at a political systems decisions, how it affects your biological system. So when you look at the, the, uh, the policies that these guys do, why are their policies always against us? And this is why. When people get elected into Congress, it's a two-year term or six-year term, whatever, four-year presidency, what happens? Particularly the co congressional people, if you look at them, they're elected into office. If you think about the U.S. budget, let's roughly say it's $5 trillion, okay? Plus or minus, you know, some half a billion somewhere. But let's say it's $5 trillion. Where does that $5 trillion come from? Well, that $5 trillion, let's say the U.S. GDP is right now around $25 trillion. That means, so by the way, to everyone listening, GDP, you can think about it, you know, sort of grossly as if you took everyone's wages, right? The value of everything. And that's about $25 trillion of the U.S. economy. Okay, so 20% of that, let's say, is what the average tax rate is, is a $5 trillion, okay? So if you looked at everyone's wages, let's say it's $25 trillion, take 20%, that's $5 trillion, okay? So that's where that $5 trillion is coming. We tax people. But fascinating is that $5 trillion is only coming from 20% of the wage-earning people. 80% aren't contributing to that 20% even, which is what's even more fascinating. So you have $5 trillion that comes into the kitty. What does the government do with it? Well, they can put money into three areas. Security, which is protecting our borders, right? Those kinds of things. Police, army. The second thing is equity. You know, making everyone feel good. Oh, you got screwed. We're going to give you some welfare, right? Okay, you have a bad situation, right? The equity piece. Or the third thing is infrastructure. So if you're if you just got elected and you're you know, AOC or Bernie Sanders, right? You just got elected. Particular people get elected to Congress. The day they get elected, they got to make sure they get elected again. That's all they're focused on. The instant they get into office, they're raising money for their next election. So if a bill is coming up, let's say there's three bills. One says, you know what? We're going to give free money away to people in your constituency. Another one is um, we're going to have to rebuild the entire roadway systems. And that's going to be a 10-year project. You're not going to see results right away but we need to do that. And the third is we're gonna build sort of security. The average person who gets elected is thinking for short-term gain. So they always support equity. They do not put anything into infrastructure at all, any type of advanced infrastructure. So the reality is that the entire system is rigged in a fundamental way that the idiots who get elected are wanting to get reelected and they're always gonna support policies which are not in the interest of the country or that 20% who funded it, which is infrastructure, et cetera. So that's the way the game is set up. You have these three buckets and the first equity, and then the second bucket is always supported. And that's why we don't have infrastructure development, period. Now, what's fascinating is prior to Kennedy taking office, this is gonna sound really weird, 
but the the tax rate, the corporate tax rate was 70% in the United States. And the individual tax rate was very low. I forget what it was, but it's 10%, some very low. So think about what I'm saying. So what would happen is because of corporate, and that's when the heyday of America took place. So if you're running a corporation and you made five billion in revenue and you had four billion in expenses for salaries, et cetera, and you made a billion in in profit, right? Five minus four, um, you would pay you would be on the hook for $700 million. So what owners of corporations would do was they said, wow, we don't want to pay the government that much. People paid themselves more. They paid their employees more. And they said, wow, why don't we upgrade our infrastructure? It was actually not a bad model. And the, but the, the income tax rates were much lower. So that means you gave your employees more. They got to keep more. They would spend more. And after Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, you know, the family from bootlegging and smuggling, they made sure you could do offshoring in Cayman Islands. You could do offshoring in, in Ireland, right? You could, and they flipped the tax rates. They helped all their buddies. So we live in a very interesting world because the old high corporate tax actually worked because it made sure people increase. Oh, we did well. Let's give more salaries. And that's why the wages grew but between the 1900s to 1970. And then they shrunk because people started hoarding. So Apple, frankly, pays no taxes. Apple does their development in China. Now they're doing it in India. They push their money out through. They have all different types of ways that they can make sure very little money comes into the United States. And meanwhile, the working people, again, are taxed at a very high burden. So, you, you know, you when you look at it financially, in this whole ethos that took place, this is all about truly the rich getting richer, and it was accelerated during the pandemic. And then we're looking to the same people for our liberation. How can you think like this? Why do you think Robert Effing Kennedy has any interest in you? He doesn't even have any interest in his own wife who hung herself. He doesn't even have any interest in his own kids for that matter. He says we need full vaccination of all Americans. If you don't think he's working for big pharma, you know, you have to really connect the dots. Forget what they say. Look at what they did. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Look at what they do. Yeah. Look at what they do. So my great grandfather said, it doesn't matter what people say. People are very clever. People can say all sorts of shit. I mean, you just have to look at what they did. This doofus, Vivek, this car salesman, I call him Vivek, right? I mean, he was literally promoting Juneteenth, and now he says he's against Juneteenth. He was promoting the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates. Now he says, I mean, you, it doesn't matter what these people say. It's like they, I think the swarm, the elites, really teach their kids how to lie. They teach their kids, say whatever you want, because the masses are stupid. They'll have amnesia. They'll just be so enamored by what you say in the moment. And people really need to understand that these people do not like you. They hate America. They hate you. Because if Robert Effing Kennedy or Tucker Carlson or Donald Trump loved this country or Joe Rogan, they would have highlighted our lawsuit in 2020. They would have joined us with Fire Fauci in 2020. They would have, Trump would have, made sure there was no lockdowns and he would executed my protocol, right? Which is vitamin D therapy, all the things we said, all of them, which were right on the mark. We saved millions of people's lives, but these people do not love you. In fact, they hate you and they hate this country. They're not patriots. They're act actually the absolute inverse. They're very selfish human beings. 
because they look at someone like me in our movement, it's independent. We're not tied to anyone. We take a systems approach. We're not pro or anti. They cannot afford to do that because that means now they're supporting a, another group. They're going to lose all their views. They're going to lose all their ad revenue, et cetera. It's all dollars to them, Rosanna, and they're very selfish human beings. They're not patriots at all. Thank you for enlightening us on that. It's a huge disparity in wealth. You call it a K-recovery. And it's just a, a real division in wealth, and it's only gotten worse. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, the current system is just about economic slavery, debt slavery. You know, there was someone I spoke with recently, an economist, and it was very surprising to hear him. He's a top economist. His name is Steve Hankey. And he actually came out with a research paper that was public, it was written in Forbes as well, that he said that the shutdowns, the lockdowns, whatever you want to call it, of COVID were the greatest policy mistake of modern history. So it was refreshing to see someone, uh, a top economist, write about that. And we all know that, you know, it just, it was not only in our mental health, but with businesses, it created all this debt and it was just, uh, just, really cause a lot of problems that will take a long time to work through if they can even be worked through. Um, you know, I want to ask you about the CBDCs and the central bank digital currencies and how they just want to exert more control over us and the monetary system. Could you tell us your thoughts on that and how we can prevent that from taking over? Yeah, one thing I want to just share with you on that last piece of lockdowns, and I want to go to that is that I wanna share with you this letter. Some people may have seen it, but this is just the facts. In 2023, tw sorry, 2020, on March 23rd, 2023, I wrote this letter to Trump. It's a very powerful letter. It says, Immune and Economic Health for America. And this letter was delivered to Trump, okay? And he got it. Um, and the letter basically says, do not lock down. The I interconnected the immune system and the economic system. And that's why people must learn system science. I, and if you read this letter, it says, I'm, I'm going to summarize it. Basically, it says Fauci is a complete fool. He's a fraud. Okay. He doesn't under, under, understand anything about medicine. I share within my credentials and the fact that we live in the world of systems biology, where it's the right medicine for the right person at the right time. I said, do not shut down the economy. I gave Trump a protocol, a economic protocol. I said, first of all, there's four types of people. Those people who have COVID positive, those people are hospitalized with critical conditions. Those people may be immunocompromised and group four, which is the rest of us. And this is 98% of us, group four. And I said, all you need to do is help these people out, right? And I gave them actually the protocols of how much vitamin D, vitamin A. These are proven things that have been written in 20, 30,000 research papers. And I said, don't shut down the economy, boost people's immune system and get everyone back to health. This was done in 2020. And, okay, and at that time, I did many, many videos explaining this to people. In fact, um, Rosanna, I got a call from one of the senior economic advisors from the White House. He said, please keep my name confidential. And this was in early March. And he said, Dr. Shiva, Trump is not listening to us. He's blindly following Fauci. Please do more videos. That's why I did. I mean, I used to do two to three videos a day, educating people on the immune system, all this stuff. But the bottom line is, People need to understand what kind of person do they want leading them? A moron like Trump, a wishy-washy, multi-fork guy like Kennedy or the obvious establishment like the, you know, Biden or whoever other DeSantis, whoever it is. All of these people didn't do the right thing at the right time. They did it 
when it was opportune for them to get votes. But March of 2020 was what separates the men from the boys or the women from the men, the women from the girls, you know? It is where real decisions had to be made. And Trump failed, Kennedy failed. Just look at their histories. So I just want people to remark that I wanted to bring up that piece of evidence because people need to understand this was very real for me as I spent his entire life studying health and well-being, that it was disgrace what these people were doing. They killed people. Trump killed people. Kennedy killed people. They supported fucking lockdowns, which we know caused depression. When you put people into depression, the body generates certain genes, all right, which create inflammation, which reduce antiviral compounds in your body. But policies affect your biology. And I know this better than anyone. And I've done videos on it. But if you don't believe these people's policies affect your biology, then go watch those videos and start figuring out who you listen to. And mm -hmm. it means we're all interconnected, right? We're all interconnected and it affects everything. I mean, right? you did lockdowns. It literally created depression. Depression forced people to take antidepressants. Antidepressants mm -hmm. affect particular immunomodulation pathways in your body, which affected you're lowering your immune system. Then the lockdowns also loneliness, wonderful paper written by Stephen Cole, Loneliness is a Molecule in 2007, a science paper published in Nature. When you're lonely, your body actually shut down to its production of antivirals. Your body is the best pharmaceutical industry factory. Mm -hmm. and it increased inflammatory compounds. So these people's policies, lockdowns, killed people. Trump literally killed people. Congress killed people. Your state officials killed you. Don't, don't give them any excuse, all right? When they pass policies to destroy your immune system, like your children should, not, should, children should be masked. One of the most important periods of a child's life is the ages of five through 13, when all the mouth microbiome is being developed in the immune system. Hey, John, can you have Prabhakar email me right now the paper we're just about to publish in uh, the journal Periodontology? Look, it takes this paper I'm going to share with you it took us four years to get published. It's not easy to write great papers, but the white paper of this in 2020, I was educating people. We, we ran the first international mask conference telling people, for God's sakes, don't put masks on your kids because mm -hmm. we covered the mask on their kids. The kid's bacteria in the mouth is just developing. Okay. It's the early stages of development. And what's important is based on how the microbiome in the mouth develops, it'll affect your kid's entire lifetime. And the, the oral microbiome affects every disease. Your mouth is a gateway to every disease, cancer, diabetes, everything. So the issue is these people actually killed people and they should be held accountable. They should not get qualified immunity. They should not, qualified immunities have government officials protect themselves from being pierced. But my papers exposed, we did, I mean, demonstrations. We did science seminars. We, t we gave people these papers to go educate their school board officials. We turn overturned many mass mandates across the country. And that was my work and our movement's work. So when you talk about CDBCs now, let me tell you what's going on. Mm -hmm. What's actually happening is they're doing a triangle of oppression. And they have three things that they're doing. They have the climate change nonsense, okay, which is going to lead to carbon tax. They have the CDBC, centralized banking currencies, and then they have the social media censorship, okay? These may seem three different things, but they're all related. So you have censorship, 
put it over here, right? You yeah. have CDBC censorship via social media and climate change hoax. Three C's, okay? And they're all interrelated. So about two months ago, a company, a very startup company got funded $2 billion, very small news story. And they're going to be merging the centralized banking digital currency platforms with carbon tax. So what that means is everything you do will be measured in your home, everything you do, your activities. And that will be linked with the centralized digital banking currencies. And then you layer in your iPhone, a la Twitter, Facebook, which are tracking you with censorship. And we know, as my lawsuit in 2020 exposed, that the government and all the social media companies are unholy alliance. So you have the government at the center of it, having an unholy alliance with all the big tech for censorship. Government is at the center of it. And these are the world governments controlling centralized banking digital currencies. And then government is going to be mandating carbon tax. So this is slavery. And so if you look at all these other candidates, doofus booby Kennedy supports carbon tax. Elon Musk actually supports both the censorship and carbon tax. And he's into all these cryptocurrencies. All these idiots thinking Bitcoin is not centralized or a bunch of morons. Bitcoin is highly centralized. It's not the blockchain is decentralized. The amount of computing power you need to do to do the tracking and the mining is highly centralized. You know, 52% of the Bitcoin is done out of China. And you need massive computing infrastructure to do the prime factorization. So you have a lot of idiots who don't understand math, who don't understand physics and computing falling into this. And by the way, when quantum computing comes, you're going to be able to break all these prime factorizations anyway. So the solution is not technology. The solution has to be where we, the people, own the means of production to control these technologies. I'll give you an example. The Postal Service, when it was created in 1787, was a way that people, because the government is not supposed to violate the First Amendment, the Postal Service was created so free speech would be free reach. It's going to sound very anachronistic, but it isn't. The founders were so prescient. These people were truly system scientists. When they created the First Amendment, they said, shit, we have to make sure free speech equals free reach. Not like this racist apartheid supporting asshole Elon Musk, who has redefined free speech, saying free speech is not free reach. I mean, he grew up in South Africa where everyone had to carry on ID cards, poor blacks and poor brown people, right? 0.5% of the people were free, the other 99.9 were literally in, in a minimum security prison or maximum security. And that's where he grew up in. So he doesn't give a fuck about us all carrying around ID cards because he grew up in that world. So what they want to do is the fundamental goal here is to ensure that free speech is not equal to free reach. And he said that. That's not what America is about. And that's when the Postal Service was created. I could send you a letter for everyone could afford a letter, every person to send it, five cents, two cents. And by the way, if anyone interfered in that postal communications and opened it, the, the, there was a police force set up by the Postal Service and it was 22 years sentence in prison. We're not going to be, we, the, so the fact that the government, some things government should run because we can hold them accountable. Government cannot violate the First Amendment. Private companies can because they have First Amendment rights. So what government has done, and that's what Trump did with the passage of CISA, they outsourced government censorship to private companies. They launched, and they could say, oh, we didn't do it. Oh, Twitter threw off Dr. Shiva because he shared um, 
the ballot images were being destroyed. Twitter threw him off when he exposed the censorship infrastructure. We didn't do it. They did it. It's called laundering censorship. But if the Postal Service were to do that, because it's quasi-government, the government would be in serious problems. Okay? So I've always believed that certain things should come under the aegis of the people, right? So it's not technology. Every technology that comes, email was created by me as a bottoms up in Newark, New Jersey. They try to seize control of that and private companies now own email. I met with the postal service. I said, you guys should offer a version of email that's done under the aegis of the postal service because if anyone opens my email in route, that's a 22 year sentence prison. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, you know, Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk can open all of our communications. We don't own them anymore. That's what the power of the Postal Service was and free speech equal free reach. So when it comes to these government digital banking currency, CDBCs, this is essentially the continuation of bringing together currency with taxation and with censorship. Censorship, carbon tax, you know, and centralized. It's all the three C's. And, that's, and this is all going to be controlled by government. And basically, they're importing this from what China did. It's an import. Okay, they tested it in China. Now let's see how much we can push the, ma push the masses. That's why I repeat, all these people promoting the climate, carbon tax, anyone promoting you know, the censorship infrastructure, promoting the CD, any of this crypto shit is all part of the government. It's all against humanity. And if we're gonna do any of these things, it should be by the people for the people. And we don't have that. That's why we need a systems overhaul. All of this stuff, any technology can be used for good. robots. Wow, it'd be great if I had my robot and I controlled it, right? It was my robot and I decided how the technology was going to be created. But we're not. We're letting the 0.001% decide these technologies. We don't own the means of production. You know, when we say when you want a systems overhaul, a systems overhaul is we, the people, controlling those means of production. We decide how these technologies are going to be used. But that's going to require systems overhaul. And that requires a bottoms up movement. That requires us self-organizing. It's not gonna come from voting in these very, very well organized top-down elections. They're all manufactured. Well said, thank you so much for that. I think we can go right into big tech and the centralized big tech that it is and the social media censorship that's going on. You know, we need decentralization, bottom up, as you say, and we need to try to eliminate these intermediaries. So, you know, there's a digital cage, and I know on your website you talk about the fake heroes, like you mentioned earlier, and that's created by this swarm um, that you call it. It's a great name that you have for it. You know, it's like a problem reaction solution. And um, so could you tell us, in your opinion, what is a solution for all of us people, for everyone? Um, to help have free speech in this digital world. Yeah, so let me begin with, um, again, for me, uh, Rosanna, this is very real. It's not theoretical. Um, so if we share this diagram right here, which comes off winbackfreedom.com, I'm going to share this. Um, and on winbackfreedom.com, everyone will know that in 2020, when I was thrown off Twitter, for exposing the fact that the state of Massachusetts was deleting ballot images. So here's me, Twitter, on behalf of the government, right here, the elections infrastructure run by the Secretary of State of Massachusetts here, used this entire infrastructure, which I'll walk you through, to deplatform 
U.S. Senate federal candidate because I was criticizing this individual, Michelle Tassinari, who is the elections head in Massachusetts because she was deleting ballot images. Now, what I didn't know was it wasn't just Michelle Tassinari here. She was a key leader in the CISA infrastructure. So when I exposed her, she unleashed this infrastructure, which I later found, to have Twitter deplatforming. Twitter didn't do this on their own. It was a government which contacted Twitter against, in many ways, I was a political dissident. Now, this backdoor infrastructure, which you're seeing right here, which is this election systems infrastructure that I can that I discovered, and we outlined it all in our lawsuit. This is back in mid-2021, right? This entire partner support portal is run by the Center for Internet Security. And guess who funds this? Well, it's none other than funded by Pierre Omidyar, who's a founder of The Intercept, which claims they're a big investigative journal. The Intercept funded the Center for Internet Security to create the clearinghouse to be a nonprofit, which would take orders from state and local officials to deplatform Senate candidates. You see, this is laundering censorship. And how do they do this? Well, they created all these blueprints, which I also discovered in our lawsuit and I presented in federal court. And these, this entire architecture, these blueprints were created by all of these people, Robbie Mook, Tommy Hicks, Republican, Democrat, Amy Cohen. All these people were the ones who wrote all of these blueprints on how you would deplatform U.S. citizens if they attack government, expose them. And this goes back to all of these people. And it comes ultimately out of CISA, which Trump signed into law in 2018. And here's Michelle Tassinari, who's a woman that threw me off, but she's everywhere. But you see, this is a censorship infrastructure that I discovered in our lawsuit that we shared with all of these people in 2020. And they concealed it because they're all part of the CIA intelligence infrastructure. They did not want this truth coming out. So now they did the Twitter files dance. So government, has a backdoor portal. I could have put also Facebook into Twitter. That portal. Yes. Everyone should go to winbackfreedom.com. Can you see that here? Or should I? Uh, let me go here. Yeah. Yes. So people should go. Let me. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. So let me share this again. So if people go to the site right here, here, you will get access to the entire lawsuit. Let me share it for everyone here. Um, can you see it there? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if people go to, so I, you know, remember I did my own lawsuit. The cool diagram, you know, that I, I, I love doing graphic art, but this is a history of all these well, I have a degree, believe it or not, in art, a master's in visual arts. But I enjoy doing many things. But you see, all of these movements are what led to me. This establishment involves royalty, involves all of these people who try to suppress freedom of speech. But you will see everything is here. Now, we are moving our lawsuit against DHS and CISA, you know, shortly. And you'll see that. But they just wanted to put me back on Twitter and uh, be happy. And they wanted me to drop all my claims to the government. I refused. And they threatened me. The, in, initially, the judge gave us a big win, but he thought he'd buy me off. But I encourage people to go to winbackfreedom.com and you'll see everything. You'll see all the lawsuit filings I did. Okay. Everything's all up here. Um, all the playbooks we discovered. And you will find out that we do not have freedom of speech in the United States. Twitter, Facebook, Google are agents of the government, period. And it all came out in 2020 in our lawsuit. All right. And this was actually suppressed 
by people like intentionally concealed by people like Tucker Carlson, people like Joe Rogan, all the people who, who later on claim that, oh, my God, we found this stuff. They were part of the intelligence community who suppressed it then. But what's the solution? Look, the solution is pretty simple. And the solution has never been different is that the First Amendment was created so each one of us could have equal voice. Free speech was supposed to be free reach. There were institutions the founders created, like the Postal Service. Now, they did it for paper mail. Now, someone who created email, which is the electronic version of the paper mail system, there's no reason the Postal Service should not be involved in also this, because the institution exists. It's like the highway system. You don't want private companies owning the highway system, right? You want to make the government accountable. So my view is that the fine private companies can have their version of Facebook and all that, but there should be a public infrastructure, the equivalent of Facebook, YouTube, by the people for the people. Now, in order to do that, we have to get, by the way, if you look at every postal office or in every place, that real estate is our real estate, the people's real estate. You could put simple servers and you could create a very new technology called mesh network. So we're not relying on AT&T, T-Mobile, et cetera. That would be our network, all right? And I published this back in 2012. Um, um, you know, to the Postal Service. They commissioned me to do a report on how they could actually make money off of this. So the solution is there. We need a people's network of mm -hmm. social media. Fine, if you want to like use DHL and FedEx, like you do, in the, great. But you can just also use the US Postal Service. But you send something through the Postal Service and if someone opens it, it's a 22 year sentence in prison. You send a social media direct message and someone opens it, 22 year sentence in prison. You do a post and someone takes it down, that's a 22-year sentence in prison. Because the First Amendment, remember, First Amendment, Congress shall pass no laws to bridge the First Amendment. Well, Trump and Congress unanimously voted for a law on November 15th, 2018, November 16, 2018, which basically violated, which passed laws to bridge the freedom of speech. That was brought to you by Trump. If Hillary Clinton had signed that, they would have hanged her. But they needed to put Trump in. He was a selection to do all the shit we saw. The pandemic brought to you by Trump. Printing of $7.9 trillion brought to you by Trump. The booming of big pharma and saving them brought to you by Trump. Elections are selections, everyone. It's all a fucking charade. And the movement for truth, freedom, and health, my running for office and our being involved is the only force that's exposing that. We really have an option. And it's not about winning an election anymore. It's about you building a movement. Now, I've created the university for you to go learn. Go to truthfromhealth.com. We've created our political campaign. You can go do that, right? You can put this, but for God's sake, stop giving these fucking billionaires money. Trump's, Trump made a half a billion dollars last year on his golf courses. Come on, he's not losing money. It's all bullshit. It's all theater. They always create false martyrs. These people are not your heroes. Jared Kushner made $2 billion. Hunter Biden made how many ever billions of, or millions of dollars. Left and right, they hate you. These people hate America. They hate the concept of America. They hate the concept of the First Amendment. That is why they suppressed and concealed our lawsuit, which exposed all this three years ago. So the solution is we need to create public infrastructure that, that is owned by the people for the people. There's certain things that should not be owned by private companies like air, like the highway systems, like water systems, like communication systems. But, and by the way, all this technology blockchain shit is ain't gonna, you're talking to an MIT technologist. I can break any encryption with enough computing power, okay?
You can break any system. But once you have a law which says you open up my email, that's a 22-year sentence in prison. It doesn't matter what technology you have. You have a law now. And that is why Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and Washington created the Postal Service. Now, the idiots at the Postal Service in 1997, when I was 29, I said, you guys need to offer public infrastructure. They shooed me away. What do you know? We're in the postal mail business. It's the right solution. In 2011, when they were going out of business, I critiqued them again. The inspector general of the Postal Service commissioned me. And you can go look at all this. I wrote two reports saying how they could create this public infrastructure, make a lot of money doing it. But they don't listen because the Democrats and Republicans, left and right, hate the American people. These people are prostitutes. And all the academics are prostitutes. We need a systems overhaul, period. And how do you do a systems overhaul? You have to understand the science of systems. It's not going to be just taking a gun and shooting people. It's you raising your consciousness and realizing Kennedy is full of shit. Trump is full of shit. Yes, Biden. And that's easy. If you, if you don't get to that, you're in kindergarten. But once you get over that, if you want to get a PhD and the people are full of shit, it's people like Trump and Biden and Kennedy, right? And the Obamas and all these people, the Jesse Jacksons, the Bernie Sanders, the Joe Rogans, the Sadhgurus. That's where you get your PhD. You say, shit. All these people are all part of the same interconnected thing. They all hang out together. They all Their children go to the same equestrian places. They all eat at Nobu on you know, Malibu. Literally, they eat, all eat at the same fucking restaurants. And you're not part of it. So wake the fuck up. And that's really the thing. And that's why you know, I, you know, I titled this, you know, learn the science of systems or get fucked. And that's pretty much it. So I'm not here to convince the 30% who are a bunch of morons. I'm not here to bring over the 50% who are watching which way the the wind blows. I'm here to talk into the 20% because ultimately I believe in the 80-20 rule. The 20% do it. Pareto's principle. Right. So if you're the 20% out there, go to truthfromhealth.com. Go to shivaforpresident.com and volunteer. I don't even want your fucking money. I want you to increase your consciousness. If you want Mm -hmm. money, you know what I do? I give you back knowledge. I, I say, you give me a hundred bucks. I say, here's all the stuff for truth, freedom, and health. You give me 20 bucks. I give you access to tools. My, I cannot take money for nothing. It never, I, I've never been a beggar. So I hate the concept of donations and contributions. You give me something, I feel compelled to educate you and your children. But I would rather you volunteer. I'd rather you just put a freaking bumper sticker on. I'd rather you download this flyer, go steal, borrow, use a printer in your public office, print this out hand it out. Um, let me just show you, um, just to give you an idea, you know, um, uh, Rosanna, you know, I still do in the midst of all this stuff. I'm a still a working scientist. I work full time. I love that. In, and um, I'm very, very proud. We haven't released this yet, but I'll share this with you. I'd love to. Let, let- You are all about knowledge and independent thinking at the core, which is exactly what your movement is about. So you have, you do the action. You don't just talk. And that's great. It's noble quality. Yeah. It's about educating people. You know, we have to raise people's conscience. Let me show you this paper. here. Education is everything. It is the revolution. So this paper is about to come out. It took us four years to get this paper published, Rosanna. 
Um, it's called the Molecular Systems Architecture of Host Microbiome Interactions of Periodontis. Th I did a white paper version. We have an amazing paper here that is going to expose to the world how important the mouth is to everything you do. Periodontis, periodontitis, okay? Um, hey, John, come on in. Um, so that's what this paper said. It's about to come out um, any day now, but it goes through the entire history of periodontal disease, you know, how the mouth microbiome affects your immune cells, your heart tissue. And we, so that's a systems approach. And look at this, we mapped every molecule, every molecular pathway in your body that leads to periodontal disease. And this shows when you wear a mask, what it does to kids. But this took me four years to get published. So, and then we will do videos on this and we'll educate people. And this has gone through peer review. You know, Phil Stashenko is one of the leading guys in the world. You know, I'm the first author on this, along with my co-author, Dr. Dinecker. But this is the kind of work we do. This is a systems approach. You see, we call it a architecture. So um, I can't overemphasize this to people. If you're serious, go to truthfreedomhealth.com, become a system scientist. Um, if you don't want to do that, fine, because you will get fucked by these people, period. And because they do not give a damn about you, period. And, and uh, so anyway, the good news is, Rosanna, we have created all the knowledge, all this infrastructure. It's a lot of work that we do. It is hard, backbreaking work. Um, and I really believe, ultimately, uh, hard work and truth prevails. Absolutely. But, but anyway. You're making a difference for sure, Dr. Shiva. Yeah, everyone's great. flyer. And the lesser of two evils. I think of Scylla and Charybdis. Right. And this is exactly, and what I say here, since the 1980s, the policies of the swarm, the elites across left and right, Democrat and Republican, have destroyed Americans' life expectancy. The rest of the world will follow the same pattern. Every child on the planet will have a shorter lifespan than their parents. This is by design. This is what happens when we, quote unquote, vote for the, quote unquote, lesser of two evils. It's time for a systems overhaul. It's right here, one page, right? It took 59 years to reduce this down to one page, but everyone can benefit from this. And what's really cool about this flyer, you can point your iPhone, your Android, and it'll take you to very nice educational videos. Wow, love this. An elevated consciousness through knowledge and education. Dr. Shiva, this has been absolutely amazing today, speaking with you and enlightening us all with so much knowledge. So thank you so much for everything. I look forward to meeting you maybe in person one day. I mean, the way you connect with people in person, when you look at them eye to eye, that's special. And that's well, so meaningful. You do something in New York. Let me know, because we have a lot of people in New York. Again, to everyone listening, remember, we've critiqued a lot. I, I spend maybe 50%. 50% is we've created a curriculum. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Mm -hmm. tribute there, but you're going to get a lot of knowledge. And once you finish the program, you have a huge community. We have nearly 500,000 people now globally all over the world. And um, I encourage people to go there. I'll just share that last screen with you. But um, I want people to recognize that we have a solution. You don't. Right. So let me just go back up at the top here. So if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you will see that I'll just quickly walk you through the website and close it. But you know, the slogan is get educated or be enslaved. Yes, I created the first email system, but I'm very proud of the truth from health system. And um, you have videos here. You can 
you get educated right away. If you want gear, we have about a half a million people now with that all the so social media banning or shadow banning in 120 countries. Um, every uh, week at 11 a.m. and at 12, uh, 11 a.m. and also at, uh, what is it, at 12, uh, sorry, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. EST, we do these open houses. Rosanna, everyone's invited to attend. But you can read our stories of amazing people from all over the world who've gone through this and how it's changed their lives and made them leaders. But most importantly, we have a history of winning. We win lawsuits. We win. We expose things. We're not here being depressed. And as I mentioned, here's a problem. Lots of information doesn't mean information is going to lead you to the information through the lens of ignorance leads you to these horrible situations. And we need to take a systems approach. All right. And that systems approach is going to make you active, innovative, organized, but you have to be willing to let go of the old. And here's the system, right? So first of all, there's a whole system of knowledge, all these amazing three hour courses that you learn MIT type systems learning, you understand ancient systems of medicine, and you understand why we have to build the bottoms up movement. I give away all these books so you can use it for your body, your community, your life. You get theoretical papers. Then you also get a tool that took me 20 years to build this tool. You can apply system science to your own health. What's the right food for you? What's the right yoga exercise? Everyone is different. You get access to papers on how food is a system. Once in two months, we do events and special lectures. Um, for example, we talked about income inequality. Ultimately, we did a great systems analysis showing how gun violence is directly related to income inequality. It doesn't have to do with the access to guns, nor does it have to do with what the right wing says, everyone taking medicine, you know, psychotic medicines. And then we want people to learn, teach and serve. We give you tools you can teach other people. I still on Thursdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. I do one on ones. We have an entire community of people globally. And then we want people to get on the ground. We've already written flyers for you. So you can download and pass them out. We've created our own version of Twitter, Facebook, and um, YouTube, but we use it internally. We don't like sell it like truth social to make money off of it. It's really for internal communications. So people can really start understanding how to connect with other people and build a movement. That's what we've done. This is truly quite incredible because what we've done is we've created an infrastructure by the people for the people so people can really um, grow and uh, do the systems overhaul. Wow. Thank you so much for all you do for everyone to enlighten and empower people. And that's key. Knowledge is power. And uh, so where, uh, awareness of ignorance is the beginning of wisdom. And I love quoting Socrates and Plato and all that. So um, thank you so much once again. And truth, freedom, health. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Rosanna. Um, are you going to stay on? Or I, I was going to, I always close with a video on our campaign. Yes. If I can play that for you guys. Yes, please. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, let me play. We have a, a campaign video I like to share. Let me, uh, I think I have to share my screen. Sorry. Share my screen here. And I'm going to play this campaign video that I think your audience will like. But, you know, everything we do is in-house. Um, there's no Madison Avenue people doing this. It's myself and our team who put even this video together. But it'll really give you an idea of why I'm running for president. So here we go. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low-caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. 
I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first US copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, any place by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not so obvious establishment across left and right. We were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They've printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up and fight independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for president of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file, who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America. Be part of this historic movement all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, 
Pledge your vote now for Dr. Shiva Iyadurai, the independent candidate for U.S. President. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shiva Iyadurai, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for President. If you want, you can cut it. John will send it to you and you can paste it in. If you, yeah. Yeah. I'll have John send it. Yeah. So, so anyway, Rosanna, that was great. I hope uh, I enjoyed it very much. Great questions. Very, very, uh, I think the audience has learned a lot. Yeah, so Rosanna, get 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 a bumper sticker, put it on the back of your car. Hundred thousand people see it and hand it up to Yeah. Yeah, so the bottom line is people can go get educated at truthfromhealth.com. We do these regular um, you know, every um Thursdays, as I mentioned, we do these orientations at eleven and eight. And then the last thing is people should go to shivaforpresident.com you know, volunteer, volunteer, because we need to get on the ballot. Everyone listening out there, we need to get on the ballot in every state. So we need people to um, mobilize for us. Great. Thank you, Rosanna. Be well. Bye-bye.